Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 68 through 79. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably upon his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Malachi chapter 3, verses 5 through 12. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be swift to bear witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired workers and their wages, the widow and the orphan, against those who thrust aside the alien and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, have not perished. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will God rob God? Yet will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, How are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the locust for you, so that it will not destroy the produce of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers and sisters, having been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. Some proclaim Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. These proclaim Christ out of love, knowing that I have been put here for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but intending to increase my suffering and my imprisonment. What does it matter? Just this that Christ is proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or true, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice.
Good morning and welcome to the first Thursday of Advent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Luke 1, Malachi 3, and Philippians 1. And uh, during Advent, the, the readings don't always follow the Psalm, Old Testament, New Testament reading uh, order in the lectionary. Um, and I think last week, or earlier this week, um, if you subscribe to pewpew.substack.com, the post, um, you'll know that I talked a little bit um, about, was it this last one? It may have been the one before. Um, I, I talked about, no, I think it was, it was Christ Sunday. And everybody seems to really love to bang on Rome and the empire and get all anti-imperial. And Jesus just wasn't that animated against Rome. Um, I think that's something that we are bringing into the text. Um, and the more I read like Josephus and, um, you know, Roman military history, including the history of the siege of Jerusalem, um, the more I'm convinced that we have the, our, our animus is, is misplaced. Um, and in Pilate's case, um, the reading for Christ, the King Sunday, Pilate asked him, are you a king? And, and Jesus says, you said that I am. And they go on and on. And then finally, Jesus says, um, uh, for this, I was born and brought into the world that God may be, you know, proclaimed or something like that, or that for this, I was, I'd have to look it up, but a lot of people, um, focus on the the king part of that statement that Jesus was born to be king um and I don't I don't think that's right uh Jesus was all like Jesus you know kingship and blah blah like all of that is earthly talk like God I don't think gives a shit about nations as nations he gives a shit about people um and I suggested that Pilate's statement, um, uh, he says something like, you know, they have, they have called you a king, right? The crowds out there. And Jesus, is, Jesus says, this is, this is why I was born. And it wasn't to be king, but so that, other, that everybody, Pilate, the Jews, the Gentiles, everybody knows and sees and eventually proclaims the truth. That's what I think. I don't think it's about kingship or throwing off kings or empires or democracies or republics. I don't think that's why Jesus came here. Um, and Paul, I think, uh, believes similarly when in this last verse of the reading from Philippians, which is a letter to a military community, he says, what does it matter? And he's basically saying like anything, what does anything matter? The only thing that matters is that Christ is proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or true, and in that I rejoice. And in the post-recap on Monday or Sunday night, I think I sent it out Sunday night, I used this this gif of Dave Chappelle saying, gotcha, bitch, from some stand-up, I can't remember. And I I suggested that that's kind of, that's kind of the essence of Jesus' remark. You've said that it is so. You've said it. I got you. You've said 
that I'm a king. Uh, you know, represented from one of the most powerful empires and anything's in the world, and you called me as I'm, you know, on my way to the gallows. You've called me a king. Now that's false motives. You know, if anything, Pilate's saying it out of satire, right? He thinks that he's in control, and Jesus knows better. Um, and instead of like, you know, kind of lording it over him or like, I don't know, having to insist himself that yes, I am a king. Like that's so insecure. That feels like seeking validation. That's not why God came to earth. Um, God came to earth f- so that Christ, i.e. God, can be proclaimed in every way, whether out of false motives or true. Gotcha, bitch. You said it, I didn't, right? I mean, it's a crude, vulgar in- way of interpreting the passage, but I think it's true. Um, Jesus is, you know, crude and vulgar. Vulgar meaning, um, you know, having the same connotation as vernacular, you know, something of the common people, um, low class, right? Um, and I think that fits within the wider, you know, kind of um, narrative of the New Testament of Jesus coming for the sick and the lonely and the widow and the orphan, um, not for those who think they have it all together. That's not why, you know, if you don't need him, you don't need him. Go fuck yourself, right? Um, I mean, he doesn't say that, but that seems to be his attitude. And so if he were before Nero or whoever it was at the time, Tiberius, I can't remember, um, he'd probably say the same thing. He is not inspired or moved or anything by power. He seems to have zero interest in actually being a king, being, uh, you know, fulfilling everybody's worldly expectations of what a Messiah is. We bring that into the text. We want a king, like in 1 Samuel 8, um, or, you know, the Maccabees, the, all these repeated revolutionary movements just speak to the human desire to have someone on top, someone that belongs with us, someone who maybe belongs to us. You know, like in democracies, we think that, you know, the president bows to our will. Well, yes and no, right? We want to believe that we have control over the people and the things above us, whether they're presidents or kings or gods. And the the sad reality is that we, we don't. We won't have control over those who are above us. Um, what it means to be king means that you hold a plumber in one a, a plunger in one hand and a gardening tool in the other because you're going to be doing the work of keeping your community structured and and to maintain it uh, to make sure it doesn't get out of hand that's what leadership that's what being god means is you know basically you know baby steps you're dealing with people who, as my mom would say are all nutters um, because that's kind of written into human nature, you know, after thousands of years of having free will. We've created societies in which it's easier to be indifferent or an asshole. It's so much easier than to be good. Um, we have systems that make it almost impossible. Not nah, that's a bit harsh. I think democracies make it more possible to be good, I think. Now, don't quote me on that. Um, so as we live into Advent, um, you know, I'd, I'd have to 
look through and figure out which readings talk about, you know, Jesus is our coming king. Well, king is a human construct, right? Jesus is coming God, God with us. And we have to reinvent what we think when we think of God, if we think that God is going to violently overthrow the powers over us and then, you know, someone on our team is in charge. God isn't on our team. God doesn't have a team. Well, if he does, uh, God is for all the world. Um, and that's why I think, um, I, yeah, I'd be really interested to go through and think about which Advent passages we make so popular. And again, Advent is a human construction, right? There is no season of Advent in the Bible. There's nothing Jewish about it. Um, I mean, maybe you could say Hanukkah, but that was, I, no, I don't think that it's a clear equivalent. Um, this is something for us. And we have to be careful not to make God in our image, but to remember what it means that we are in God's image. Um, and God is not a king. Uh, God is God. God is not, uh, you know, our our little, you know, our 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 favored man or our our you know our guy. We are gods. You know, the the relationship is really important to remember that we can't control God. You know, we don't get to vote him out after four years. We don't get to um, overthrow him when we're not happy. Uh, that's just not how it works. Um, all that matters is that God is known and seen and proclaimed, regardless of your motives. That's the point. Um, whether you're a soldier, veteran, or civilian, um, that is what it means that God is in charge and we are not. A prayer for the election of bishops and other ministers from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, giver of every good gift, look graciously on your church, and so guide the minds of those who shall choose bishops and other priests and ministers, that the church may receive faithful pastors who will care for your people and equip them for their ministries. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.